0: Welcome to the Winning Edge Investments podcast. Winning Edge Investments provides industry-leading horse racing and sports betting tips, ratings and education, enabling you to invest intelligently and treat your betting like a business. Go to www.winningedgeinvestments.com to learn more about how you can start to supercharge your betting bank immediately. Treat your betting like a business and invest intelligently with Winning Edge Investments.
1: Today on the Winning Edge podcast, we're joined by leading New Zealand trainer, Jamie Richards, who heads up the star-studded Tiako Racing team. G'day, Jamie. How are you? Good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. Nice to have you on the show. Firstly, tell us about your journey in racing. Where did it all begin for you?
2: uh so it, it started for me uh as a young fella my dad was a, a jockey um in the south island of new zealand and then uh he was sort of breaking in and pre-training and, and training uh once he sort of finished riding, he'd be concentrated on the training side of things so i was sort of brought up brought up within it uh in the game was quite keen to be a jockey um but then sort of got too big and mum and dad weren't that keen for me to uh to leave school so i went up went off and, and got a bit of an education at the university of otago um, I was lucky enough to get a bit of a scholarship to do some travelling Spent some time at Colmore Island, Ireland uh, A bit of time in England and uh, Cheveley Park And spent a bit of time at uh, TaylorMade in the States uh, And then I came home Spent a little bit of time with New Zealand Bloodstock uh, And spent a bit of time with uh, Waikato Stud uh, but ultimately after the travelling and, and a few different sort of work experiences I, I decided that um, racing was my passion and took up a job as David Ellis's racing manager um, and after a couple of years doing that was promoted to sort of a junior partner and then and been training in my own right for the last um, five or six years I think so that's a, yep. a bit of a crash course on, on how it all went.
1: Yep, uh, tell us about Tiako mate, it's a pretty big operation, very successful, must be a privilege to work there.
2: Yeah, for sure, so um, David and... Uh, David and Karen and, and Mark Walker up in Singapore are fantastic to work for uh, we've had a lot of success and I think the main reason for our success has been the type of horses that the boss has been able to buy um, we put a lot of emphasis on you know pretty much for us the winning post is in the sale ring if we don't buy the right horses to syndicate amongst tiak clients um then it makes it very hard to to have the results on the track so uh, yeah it's uh, it's a great team we've got a great team of people um david's put a lot of emphasis on on surrounding me with with good quality staff and and people that um you know are young up-and-coming guys and people that are also trained in their own right that, are, that have got a lot of experience so um yeah good 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 people and good horses um I think that's probably a couple of the key things uh, about Te Ake, a, you know very good place to work
1: and now you're off to training Hong Kong from next year tell us how that came about uh
2: so that sort of started um part through the year I think it, in June I got my first call from the chief steward up there Mr Kelly um and then had a you know sort of an interviewing process and uh CV and some um Personality tests and all of those sorts of things that you can do on the internet, and uh, yeah, had a couple of zooms with uh, with Winifred, obviously the big boss up there in Hong Kong, and, and uh, Andrew Harding and, and Bill Nader and uh, uh, Mr Kelly and Terry Bailey, Mr Bailey. Um, so yeah, there's, there was a sort of a pretty drawn out sort of process, but um, uh, it's an incredible opportunity to be to be licensed up there, and can't thank the Hong Kong Jockey Club and the Licensing Committee for the opportunity to um, to move up there next year.
1: Yep. It's a real pinnacle to train over there for trainers. Was it always a dream of yours as well? Or?
2: Yeah, so I, we uh, we went up there about four years ago. Um, Danny Rolston, who's the Bloodstock Manager at New Zealand Bloodstock, took me up and we uh, had a bit of a look round, and, and, and met some of the guys and went to Shartoon and went to Happy Valley while, while the international sale was on. and. It's sort of just uh, continued to come along from there, I guess. Um, but, yeah, as you say, it's a um, extremely competitive environment up there, uh, great trainers, great horses, great jockeys, um, and something that's going to be a real challenge, a bit of a, probably a bit of a culture shock as well, as we learn how to do all of that side of it uh, properly, communicate with clients and get new owners, and, and then hopefully you know import some really nice horses. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out.
1: It's obviously great for training in general in New Zealand to have a trainer go over there. Do you feel it will inspire others to chase that type of dream?
2: Um, yeah, I, I think a uh, few of the other trainers in New Zealand would be quite happy that I'm going. Uh, <laughs> uh, but also. Have
1: many actually gone over there to train in New Zealand? Or
2: uh, Paul O'Sullivan has. Um, yeah. And he's training up there at the moment. He's been up there for some time. Um, and. You know, he won the Derby. He had a very good splint, sprinter called Aero Velocity. So, um, hopefully, we can go up there and, and enjoy a bit of success. Um, but yeah, there's uh, there's some you know good young people coming through the industry in New Zealand, and, and obviously we're looking forward to um, welcoming Mark Walker back into into the fray with Tiaki in New Zealand. He's been um, champion trainer nine times between New Zealand and Singapore, and, and uh, yeah, really looking forward to to having him back um, in the next couple of months before before I depart.
1: Yep, and you've obviously had a lot of success bringing horses from New Zealand to Australia. Um, does that traveling aspect sort of help in transitioning to Hong Kong?
2: Um, I think it. I think it does. Um, particularly if you've been able to show that you can operate sort of dual site um, sort of stables with uh, uh, with the emergence of Chomp Fire, which is over the border in, in mainland China. I think that's going to be an incredibly and um, important part of the future uh, landscape there in, in Hong Kong and, and uh, the facilities that they've got there are absolutely amazing. So certainly looking forward to um, to working out, you know, with, with Chong Fa um, at, the, at the race course there. But, um, yeah, I think Australia's um, something that we really strive for. Obviously, the prize money's terrific and uh, we enjoy, you know, the challenge of going over there and trying to compete Um so yeah, you've got to identify the right horses and, and take them and, and obviously have them trained to the minute and have good people and good systems and we've built good relationships up with people in you know Melbourne, Sydney and, and Brisbane and um, you know I've always got a home f- for them if we want to if we want to travel them over there which is really important.
1: Obviously had a lot of success here. Um, what was your most memorable win in Australia?
2: Uh, I think probably uh, the most memorable day for for us would be um, when Tiaki Shark. Uh, and Improbable won the two group ones half an hour apart at, at Ramwick there. I think it was the surround and the Chipping Norton. Uh or the Chipping Norton, yeah, I think. Um yep. uh, so they were you know, that was a pretty pretty incredible day really. Um two runners and, and two group ones. So uh, yeah, I think that certainly be the highlight.
1: Did you actually consider coming over to Australia to train full time or? Yeah, we've
2: sort of been looking at, at sort of trying to set up a base um, in Australia for some time, but obviously the effects of COVID and uh, and the strain that then that puts on travelling um, has been incredibly difficult to, to set that up. Like I haven't been uh, to Australia very much at all when our horses have been there, so we've been relying... You know, heavily upon um, the people in our team to, to look after them. But if you're trying to set up a stable of, say, 20 or 30 horses in Sydney, uh, very, very hard to do that if, if you can't get over there. So it's certainly something that, that we've been looking at, and I'm sure that um, Dave and Mark will continue to look at um, because, it, you know, we're only a, a short trip away via plane uh, for the horses. And if you take over the right horse, you certainly can be competitive, and, and the prize money is very lucrative.
1: Yep. And just on that, you've got Bright Blue Sky in Queensland for the Magic Millions two-year-old classic. Uh, Will she continue on to that race, do you think?
2: Yeah, I think we will. We're just a little bit, um, I don't know, just a little bit disappointed or confused why she sort of uh, didn't really get into the race at all last time. She was a bit slow away and then ended up back on a hot speed, but her closing sectionals would have been quite encouraging. So... We'll just play around with her, try and try and get her out of the barriers a little little bit better, and, and get her up on her toes. And and uh, you know, as a few people have said, everybody would love to be would love to be um, settling cool and get her, but uh, hopefully, you know, I feel like Bright Blue Sky can continue to improve, and I'm sure that she will when she turns up there on uh, Magic Millions day on the fifteenth.
1: And she's obviously been a horse you've had a lot of time for. She started dollar forty on debut at T rapa and won easily. Um, when did this race come on the radar for you?
2: Uh, We've sort of had it in the back of our mind. At some stage, we'd like to try and find something that's good enough to go back across. Um, And we thought this filly, the way that she went on debut, was. um, And probably, you know, just a little bit disappointing the other day, but I think we're we're there now, $2 million race, we've got to crack on. um, And I think if she improves, which she will, um, then she can certainly, um,
1: you know, be be part of the finish, hopefully. Is beyond 1,200 metres her best trip, do you think, or...?
2: I think it could be. Um, Fastnet Rocks usually get out a little bit further, um, so yeah, we'll, we'll just keep her nice and fresh and sharp for the twelve hundred and, and see how we get on.
1: Has she definitely got a spot in the race? Has she got enough prize money? She's got about fifty
2: grand, which, which sort of six of the eight, you know, six of the past eight years that that would have been enough to to get us in. So we're not going to run her again. Um, just don't think that's the right thing to do. So yeah, we're, we're confident that that should be enough money to get her in
1: the race. What does she do for the next two weeks? Just tick her over?
2: Just tick her over. She'll she'll have a couple of good strong headouts outs at the Gold Coast there. She's stable there with um, Ashley Hanley. Um, so yeah, I don't yeah, we might sneak her away for a little gallop somewhere, but um we'll just sort of assess her fitness levels. But she's had a, a pretty quiet week this week, uh, and she'll start
1: to crank up a bit more again next week. And Jimmy Byrne, does he stay on or? your rider
2: uh we're just sort of working through uh the options here for, for riders at this stage um tommy was supposed to come down and ride it but he's decided to ride um in a which is understandable so we're just working through that process at the moment
1: yep uh it was a soft six on saturday i think uh boxing day um what's her most suitable track surface do you think do you want it dry or yeah i think
2: she's i think i think she certainly wants better ground most fast net rocks like it like a pretty pretty firm so um hopefully yep. we can see a race on a on a nice good track there at uh, at the Gold Coast I think that might have been one of the mitigating factors which sort of didn't see a race as well as what we thought she might
1: yep yeah it's been pissing down here the last few weeks so fingers crossed that changes
2: mm, yeah so um, you they're on good ground
1: yep and she wears visors and she's worked in blinkers are they up your sleeve for the big race or
2: yeah she'll have the proper blinkers on on, on race day um so they'll certainly be going on and uh yeah, we'll just sort of play around with her and see how it's all going to look over the next couple
1: of weeks. How much confidence have you got that she can beat Ah,
2: oh, Look, and Gatter's going to start really short. She seems to be the ultimate professional. Jumps, puts herself in the race and is hard to run down. So uh, going to be a big ask for her. But if she, if she can sort of get out of the barriers and get a position in the race, um, we think she can be in the
1: finish. All right, mate. Um, you had a good day earlier in the week at Ellerslie with the Group 2 wins uh, to Bellin Rouge and uh, listed winter on the bubbles. Where do they go next?
2: Uh, Bellin Rouge has been busy. She's done a bit of racing and a bit of travelling, so she's just having a quiet week out the paddock. She will uh, she probably won't run again till sort of middle of February. She'll run in the Bosses race, the David Ellis and Karen Ellis Phillies Classic at Tarapa, um, on the way hopefully to the Oaks. Uh, and on the bubbles, he'll go to the Karaka Mile on the 22nd of January. He'll have a little trial 10 days before then, but we're not going to run him again. He seems to be in, in good shape after a quiet week as well.
1: Um, big day, Elleslie, tomorrow again. have got oh, i choose you. I know she's up for the Magic Millions two-year-old race as well. Is that on the radar still? or?
2: No, I, I, I think we'll get her ready for the Matamata Breeders stakes and then the Group Ones here in New Zealand. Um, she's a filly we've got a lot of time for. She's worked well this week. Uh, obviously Wolverine's been the benchmark in terms of the two-year-olds over here so far. Um... But she does seem to be going well at home and, and we're certainly looking forward to seeing how she runs tomorrow
1: and you've also got a couple of other runners um most notably on travier in this in the railway um she was awesome in sydney or consistent in sydney we're pretty happy with how she went here
2: yeah we were we were really happy with with how it all how it all played out to the last run um uh, tommy just got it wrong that day unfortunately and she uh sat deep and over raced and uh just, just spent too much petrol, but she stuck at it and finished you know, very close fourth. So uh, she's a, she's a very good mare. Um, we've been happy with her since she's been home. She's had a trial, and an exhibition gallop. We think that she's forward enough to, to be competitive, and uh, she's done some nice work during the week. So really looking forward to seeing her back, uh, back tomorrow.
1: And you also got tie in the, in the mile race. Yeah, she's in the ritual. She's going well. Um,
2: her form is only okay, but she just didn't. Didn't have a great week leading into her last run. Um, She's certainly in a lot better shape this week. She's got a nice light weight because of the handicap conditions, but she has drawn an awful barrier. So she's going to need a fair bit of luck. But uh, if she gets the brakes, she's she's a chance. It is a a nice race.
1: Gold watch looks very hard to beat. And you've got three in the uh, three-year-old fillies race over 2000 metres. What's your best there?
2: Uh, I don't think there's much between them. Outfit and self-obsession, both won their maiden last time over a mile, and Trieste ran second. Uh, they're fillies that we've taken along quietly that are sort of looking to get out and trip now. So um, if I had to put one on top, I'd probably put Outfit on top. She uh, she showed a really good turn of foot uh, to win it through last time, and she's got a really good pedigree as well.
1: All right, and uh, best of the day are those uh, six? Hopefully on trivia, Um
2: I think we'll sort of, a couple of people have asked me the same question, so we'll, we'll stick with that.
1: All right. And what's the latest on Probabil?
2: Uh, Probabil's in good shape. She's going to trial here at Matamata on the 12th, and then she'll be coming back across to Australia. Uh, she's just going to follow a similar program. She'll kick off on the Geoffrey Balmain again, go to the Futurity and then to the All-Star Mile, where hopefully we can see her run right on a on a decent track. Um we've just been a little bit unlucky with her with, with wet tracks, um, but hopefully in the autumn we can have a little bit more
1: luck. And anything else that you've got earmarked for the for the Sydney Autumn?
2: Karma uh, Lass will come back across with Probabil. Um, she won a group race there at Caulfield. She'll probably kick off in the same race as Probabil, the Jeffrey Balmain, and then we'll just keep it as sort of twelve, fourteen hundred 1,400 metre races. Um, and in terms f- for Sydney, um, uh, we'll just sort of see how some of the three-year-olds um, go for the, you know, the next couple of months here, and... Um, We've got a filly called the Perfect Pink that won the 1,000 Guineas who we really like. She's on an oaks path here in New Zealand and could come across. Um, but we'll just sort of see how the next couple of months go before we, before we get too far ahead of ourselves there.
1: All right, Jamie. Awesome, mate. Well, thanks for the update. Thanks for joining us and, and good luck in the next phase of your uh, training career
0: in Hong Kong. I uh, wish you all the best. Thank you very much. At Winning Edge Investments, our team of highly skilled expert analysts and full time professional punters review the data, crunch the figures, assess the best betting opportunities, and deliver them to your phone via our app and your email inbox in real time so you profit. Go to www.winningedgeinvestments.com, look at our membership options. Make your choice and enter the promo code podcast to receive a special 25% discount on your first membership just for listening. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T in capital letters for a 25% ongoing discount on your first membership. Treat your betting like a business and invest intelligently with Winning Edge Investments.